the holiday that we celebrate every week. It's actually, you know, some, I, I believe, like some rabbis say, it's actually the most important holiday. And, and we, so the nice thing is that it's always coming. And the other thing is, we always get a do-over. If we didn't feel good last week, okay, we'll try it a different way next week. We don't have to wait a whole year to try something different. We can be evolving and playing with it all the time. Welcome to Purple Honey, a gathering of female voices where we explore how Jewish wisdom and feminine spirituality can bring sweetness to our everyday lives. I am your host, Jody Bayless. In this episode, we are exploring Shabbat. Growing up in my own house, we would do a special family Shabbat every Friday. There'd be a yummy dinner, my grandma would come over, and then of course, there would be the ritual watching of Dallas and Dynasty together. But what I internalized was my dad's routine. My dad would go to synagogue every Saturday morning. He would come home, eat lunch, take a nap. While I didn't partake in his series of rituals until later in high school, I always sensed this was something special. There were special clothes he wore, a special hat he wore. There was a cold lunch he ate. There was quiet. There was rest. Looking back, I think I absorbed his quietude, even if I was not directly partaking in it. And so my question is, as how in today's world, with all of the extra levels of crazy going on, and in our lives, in our busy lives, how do we meet Shabbat? Where can we find ourselves in Shabbat? And where can we find Shabbat in ourselves? I was so grateful to explore the meaning of Shabbat in conversation with Kohenet Annie Matan. Annie Matan is a spiritual leader and founder of Matanot Lev, Gifts of the Heart, Toronto's radically inclusive post-Halachic Jewish community, a community that prioritizes people and meaning over rules and structure. Annie leads women's circles, co-creates and facilitates rituals and experiences that are inclusive, welcoming, brave, creating sacred space for people of all ages and backgrounds. As a Kohenet Hebrew priestess, Annie is an ordained clergy of a new old methodology in Judaism that recalls ancient Jewish women's traditions. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Annie as much as I did. When you said that Shabbat feels like a great exhale, mm -hmm. it just felt so true. And mm -hmm. what, is, what does that mean for you? Um, well, I like to say the invitation of Shabbat is that it feels like an exhale. And mm -hmm. so for me, that means having some time to consciously stop and you know when i'm facilitating with the group we literally take a breath and go mm. and yeah so for me that means shifting the way we think about filling our time so that whatever amount of time we've designated for shabbat whether it's sundown friday until sundown saturday 
or in my family growing up, we really kept Friday night. Mm. Um, we had dinner at home, and Friday night was, you know, more presence with family. Um, and, you know, my aunt and uncle, like they did, it was, it was foreign to me because we didn't do it, but it was, you know, Friday night and all day Saturday. And so the way, you know, the invitation is to choose ease and presence for that period of time. Mm. Um, and use it as a time to connect more with ourselves, our family, our community, and our traditions, our ancestors, and and then you know for those who feel tuned in that way, and I think your listeners do, our spirituality and and the divine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna let that sink in for a minute, and um, and just to add, like when you meant when you the the use of the word breath <laughs> of the mm-hmm. exhale. Um, it's just, I, I, maybe I was thinking about this sometime in the middle of the night or something. I was having one of those, you know, up in the summer, middle of the night kind of nights. And, but I was thinking about what you said and, um, and I was just thinking about like breath and soul, the shama and -hmm. like that movement. And it's just, especially now where things just in the world feel so intense this act of breathing of a, of universally breathing out. Um, I know it just, it just, it just, it feels like a reset. Yeah. I think that's the idea. And, um, the Shema, so there's an, there's a teaching that on Shabbat, we have two souls mm. to get an extra. So, you know, for those who like to play with the times of, um, of Nishima and Nishama, like, get an extra breath Mm -hmm. Um, and um and i want to say too you know i just want to name like who i learned from um rabbi zalman shakter shalomi and sarah schley um really like their writings reb zalman's writings in um uh jewish with feeling and uh, he has a chapter about shabbat that says shabbat is the day of the week when when you prioritize doing things that make you feel like yourself and he gave specific examples that were counter to halacha. But it was like, look, if you're a potter and you work in an office all weekend, you have to wear, you know, a suit when you go to work. Then on Shabbat, you can wear your schlumpy clothes and sit at the wheel and do pottery. So you mm. can finally feel like yourself. And that was really hugely resonant for me um, and hugely heart and eye-opening for me. And then Sarah Schley's book, Secrets of the Seventh Day, became like my sort of Shabbat Bible. Like I, I it, it just sort of she zooms in on each of the rituals um, in a way to connect with your family and yourself, just like sweetness and light and connection, um, like sweetness for grape juice or wine and light for candles and connection with challah. I think. But at least that's how I've adapted them. And then it's like, even if you don't have the object, like for me, the invitation is like prioritize ease. So don't run around like a crazy person. If you don't have the thing, just come back to the intention. And um, so for Kiddush, like we do sweet moments in the cup, which I'm pretty sure I learned from Sashley. And you just take a minute to like think about something nice that happened that week and share it 
either reflect for yourself or share it with your family or those who are with you. And even just like doing those things gives us more breathing room and more room to be present. Mm-hmm. And just allowing those sweet moments, as you were saying, allow the, allowing them to just be more central into our, in our, in our experience. And, mm-hmm. and that, like you said, it's an invitation for this to, to be at, to those sweet moments, to be at the center and to remember the sweet moments from the week. And yeah. And, um, yeah, I, yeah. um, the one other thing that I wanted to say was, I'm pretty sure it's in, it might be in the Jew and the Lotus, but Reb Zalman met with the Dalai Lama. There was like a contingent of Jews. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about how a tradition, a religious tradition, survives in the diaspora. And I'm not going to quote this correctly, but this is my takeaway from it, where the Dalai Lama said, like, how did Judaism survive all of the things that Judaism has had to survive over all of these generations? And the answer that was given, I think, by Reb Zalman was Shabbat. That, like, that gift of that space to take a break and reset and turn off and just connect with our family and our community and be okay and be human beings rather than human doings is what then gives us the spaciousness and the rejuvenation to continue. Yeah. And I love how you said, that's really beautiful. And I love how you said um, that Shabbat is the time to be yourself where mm-hmm. you, you do you. And mm-hmm. um, I, uh, I recently heard a, a podcast on, the, um, on Shabbat on um, Hashi Venu. Have you heard of that podcast? No. Oh, like yeah. You lo- <laughs> yes. There's some good stuff. And yeah, there's some good, good episodes and they're not long too. Um, but the, and, and the, um, she's a reconstructionist rabbi and I can't remember her name, but her guest, talked about Shabbat and said this similar to what you were saying just about it's that you know we don't necessarily have to be in the in a community where there's you know fully you know lights out no cars it's 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 more the shift of maybe going out to dinner on Friday night is what Mm -hmm. allows you to sit and relax and enjoy that glass of wine or mm-hmm. gardening, or I think you said taking your kid to the zoo, and that to what you, to what you were saying that did a lot for you. That just gave, felt like it just fully gave me permission to step into, as you say, meaning to step into the meaning and the intention, um, and and that's what I think for me. Just it, that that feels like with a personal connection to the, that time of Shabbat lives. Yes, absolutely. And then to notice, like for me, the idea of taking my kid to the zoo on Shabbat feels terrible. Mm-hmm. I do not want to spend an hour in transit mm-hmm. and then deal with crowds. Um, and so for me, like there's this invitation to keep checking in. Like, how am I feeling? Am I really stressed out right now? Am I feeling really anxious right now? Okay, how do we make a different choice for the rest of this day? How, mm-hmm. do, we, how do we shift so that the, like, how do we find ease where we are? Um, so that might mean, you know, we thought something was going to be very relaxing and, um, and easy, and it turns out not to be, and then we go, okay, let's, let's do something different. 
And with my husband, you know, we're we're often in this negotiation. He's a doer, and I'm not. <laughs> so we sometimes find ourselves in those moments of like, how much running around have we just done, and how can we now choose to do a little less? That so, feels really. That feels really important. What you're saying is like, it's important to keep checking in, and if you need to do a U-turn, like that's okay. Um, because right, like you, we 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 might not know how to do Shab- what doing Shabbat means for us yet. Right. Um, and so there's that forgiveness piece that feels really important of like, oh, maybe, you know, taking my child on her scooter to the farmer's market, maybe that was a little too much. I don't you know what I mean? <laughs> like, let's go home and like, you know, um, have some lunch and that will feel more peaceful. Um, right. Or even, oh, we're at the farmer's market, like, we can get lunch here and spread out this shirt on the grass and sit down and eat and not rush. Like even mm-hmm. you don't necessarily have to go all the way back. You can look and see like where's the opportunity for spacious even where I am right now. Yeah. Just that. Yeah. And it just what bubbled up for me was like that. It's that invitation, like you were saying, to to enjoy and to savor. Mm-hmm. And, like, and the, the other piece that I think I learned from Sarah Schley is like the hand washing can be about washing away anything that's in our way of celebrating, of like being present in Shabbat. So mm-hmm. I take this to a level of like when you feel like, yeah, I really wish I could be present with Shabbat, but I still have, you know, this to-do list a mile long or I had a fight with so-and-so or, you know, there are these things that I'm carrying on my mind. There's this opportunity to be like to allow ourselves to name that and then give ourselves permission to just set it down for Shabbat to say like, yep, this is real. You know, I'm completely overwhelmed by emails. So and I, so and so and I are not talking and I'm going to imagine washing that away so that I can step more fully into this experience of breath and spaciousness or the news, right? Like I'm turning it off literally and figuratively just so that I can recharge otherwise you know we never we never get the space to recharge when we're holding it all all the time so and and also what I'm hearing you say too is that those rituals um that are very body-based in Shabbat the the hand washing Mm -hmm. whether it's Mm -hmm. yeah they're so central the um the lighting the mm. the salt the the braiding challah or just eating challah if you're mm. not making it um the um the meals uh of enjoyment of the meals mm-hmm. um i love how you're saying that just those rituals that are already kind of baked into the time <laughs> can be sort of vehicles for um trying to be more present or to putting your intention for presence in them uh i just um heard a lovely ritual um that a woman in here in dc does that every friday when she's braiding challah she invites everybody to who to say like a misha she says a misha berach or it's like mm-hmm. if somebody's struggling or is ill she i think you know she's like an email list or what but she says okay you know just give me some names and as she's braiding the challah she puts she bakes that intention of for healing into her challah wow I love that. That's so beautiful. I love that too. Um, 
so it just, yeah, so it's, it's just, and you know, this is why I also love talking with you is just, it's, there's that, that innovation of taking what's already been gifted to us mm. and, and then, and not only making them connecting ourselves to them, but like innovating and, and creating even beyond, um, you know, those, those rituals and Shabbat also the frequency strikes mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, you know, it's the, it's the holiday that we celebrate every week. It's actually, you know, some, I, I believe, like some rabbis say it's actually the most important holiday. And, and we, so the nice thing is that it's always coming. And the other thing is we always get a do-over. If we didn't feel good last week, okay, we'll try it a different way next week. We don't have to wait a whole year to try something different. We can be evolving and playing with it all the time. Yeah. And it's, it's just that true. It's really a practice. Just mm -hmm. like, just like doing yoga. Are there, um, I mean, you've mentioned many of them, but are there particular, um, practices that have evolved as, as you've, as you're building a family that, you know, that have felt particularly special to you? Um, yeah. So I was just going to say, actually candle lighting. Um, so, you know, um, the thing where sometimes people like sort of turn their hands while they're lighting candles. Yeah. So somewhere along the way I picked up and this may, I think this came from a few different sources, but that we're bringing in the warmth and the light of Shabbat. Mm -hmm. Um, so I would sort of extend that action to be bigger to kind of shower ourselves. And then like also if there's somebody far away from the candles, you sort of splash some candlelight on them. And then um, a couple of years ago, I learned this kid's song for Hanukkah that we just, uh, you know, I offered it in the Shabbat program, family program I used to facilitate. And then we just kept it going every Shabbat because it felt resonant every time we light the candles. And now I noticed with my daughter, who's three, last Shabbat we were with my parents and we lit the candles and she looked at me and said, well, what about the song? And it's about acknowledging the light inside of us. So when we light the candles, we acknowledge like that's an external reflection of the light that's inside of us that makes us special. And we also started this um, practice of taking a moment after we light to connect to the light inside of us and send it out to people we love. Mm. So, you know, living or not living. So we can have that ancestral and family connection moment every time we light candles. And every time we light candles for a Jewish holiday, every Jewish holiday, I think, starts with candle lighting because that marks the transition in time. So then we are taking that action and connecting it to connection um, with those who are present and those who are not present and it sort of maintains that that I, I, I move my hands in a vertical and horizontal way, mm -hmm. the connection between the ancestors and our tradition, as well as the community and family who are living and present around us, and mm -hmm. all of the people who are lighting candles at the same time. Oh. It's so powerful to do that. Oh, that is a very powerful visual. It's like you're lighting one collective candle. Mm -hmm. And Judaism is full of those, like when we're, you know, other holidays too, like on Sukkot, we're all under one sukkah. And at the moment of revelation, we all we were all there in the same moment receiving Torah at the same time. So it's mm -hmm. nice to think like these special moments of transition transcend 
time and space and person. Uh-huh. And um yes, and and it gets us into that Shabbat space because Shabbat itself transcends time and space. Yes. Yeah. So, so it's so deep. Um, I had a, a challah moment like that around, like mm-hmm. t- similar to the candle lighting. Um, last Friday, I baked a challah and brought it to the park. And then I was doing like my, my last social media checks before I went off, you know, for the weekend. And my friend in Chicago had these, took a picture of like a pile of challahs that she baked and she I loved that she did this she they were having like a neighborhood um Shabbat in the park where she made a challah for every child Hmm. which was so sweet (laughs) like I love that um but but it just it felt like oh my god I'm in the park right now (laughs) with a challah Mm -hmm. and um yeah. And, you know, I just texted her that challah picture and it's like, yeah, there's something in, especially in this isolated feeling of a world we live in now. It just, um, you know, the, the, um, it lets something in, it lets connection in. Yeah, I think absolutely. And especially when we make a point of noticing that connection and calling it in, we, we can consciously become a part of this web of others who are taking a breath right now, who are lighting candles right now, who are eating challah right now, who are sipping grape juice right now, you know? Or even the the like, I, I start with the taking a breath because for me, the, the you know, I've learned that even if I do nothing else, just saying, oh, it's Shabbat. Mm. And just like taking that breath, it's enough. It's enough. It's like the foundation of all of it. And the other things sweeten the experience, but aren't necessary to have the experience. Can you say that last part again? So the the ritual objects and the rituals of Shabbat, they all sweeten the experience. They enhance the experience. Mm -hmm. But the exhale is the point. So Mm -hmm. those things are not necessary to have Shabbat. They enhance Shabbat, but we don't need them to have Shabbat. I think... A lot of people say, you know, as a spiritual leader, I hear from a lot of people, oh, I'm a bad Jew because I don't do enough on this holiday or that holiday. Like, I'll, I'll have dinner with my family every Friday, but, but you know, I maybe don't know the Hebrew for the blessings, or we don't always light, or we don't always have a challah, or we don't always this or that. And I'm like, just choosing to mark the time together, even, and if you don't have family, just choosing to mark the time for you, that's... That's Zohar, right? Like that's remembering Shabbat. And also I think it's observing it at the core intention, the core kavanah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And again, it just, it feels similar to the U-turn of like, keep checking in. If this didn't work, then that can work. And it just, there seems to be like a lot of forgiveness that we need to allow ourselves because for, for some reason, we drive ourselves with such a narrow margin for error. And Shabbat, um, like you said, it's just the exhale. That's all you need. It just feels so, it, it's so abundant. Mm-hmm. Spaciousness. I love that word. Like, uh, it should feel spacious. Like, there's room to move. There's room to rest. There's room to try again. There's room to forgive. There's room to connect. All that, like, so, I feel like we live our day-to-day lives, you know, in mundane time, um, feeling like there's no room to breathe. Like you just move from one thing to the next 
and you can't stop, and it's just like, got to get it done, got to get it done, got to get it done. And the invitation of Shabbat is to say, okay, I've done enough. I've done enough. Mm. Whatever, everything else can wait. Right now, this is enough. Yeah. And you support and mentor others in in the practice of Shabbat. Is that right? Yes, I do. Um, I have a mentorship, a little mentorship program that I set up called Reclaim Your Shabbat. And um, I have like a little workbook that we work through in a session together. And, and what we're actually doing is discovering like what's your Shabbat. And then you fill in so I can give you, you know, the words for the blessings and in the traditional masculine and also the feminine. I can give you some melodies. Um but most, and, and also the cover note, like here's the, here's an offering of intention. But then really the idea is that each person fills in what feels meaningful and exciting for them. And then they have this as a toolkit for, for practicing Shabbat alone or with their family. That's, that's so, that's so wonderful. It feels so generative to even, and it just, and because it's a starting place. Yeah. And most people have, are way beyond the starting place. What I found um, in almost every, I think actually in every single one of these Jewish mentorship sessions is that people think they don't know enough and they know more than they think they do. And the real gap is in confidence. Like someone somewhere told them they weren't Jewish enough or weren't doing it in a traditional mm -hmm. enough way. And they internalize that. So, you know, I have folks who are actually lighting candles, saying all the blessings with their families, like lighting, having grape juice, blessing challah eating a meal together, and they're like, but it's not enough. I'm like, what? You're do According to whatever that Pew study, I'm like, you're doing more than like 50% of the Jewish population. But I don't even know if that's true. I think most people don't think that what they're doing counts. Um, it's like, this is, this is like you are Jewish enough. This is enough. This is Shabbat. And then it's just about them being like, oh, I guess it is. Yeah. Oh, okay. I can just do it the way I've been doing it. And now I have a little more confidence and I have these words I can try out or this new melody or this new cute kid song that will, you know, help my kids feel more engaged or help me feel more engaged. Like when we wash, we, we have a bye-bye yucky song that I learned from Shababa. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, it's just like this, it makes it playful. And even in my family, when I'm exhausted on Friday night and the last thing I want to do is sit through <laughs> any ritual mm -hmm. um you know it's helpful like with my daughter we sing you know there's a light in me there's a light in you and we we sing bye bye yuckies and and we take a moment to remember something sweet and it's it's such a gift when we let ourselves do it even when for me i'm like even when i feel cranky about it it's a gift every time mm. that also feels like permission to say just as a, as a mom you know that right like we we might not even we might be coming to the the candles or coming to the table not fully you know in, in not fully in our best and yet it's a practice and we we do it and and find the, the like you said the playfulness and and it it we get there yeah and for us that means sometimes we can't find the candles or we're out and so then we just take a minute and connect to the light inside of us mm -hmm. and we use that as the candle lighting moment. And, you know, like sweetness is easy because, 
you can find something sweet to sip on and you just change the words of the blessing a little if it's not great. And my husband, you know, we, challah, we rarely have challah. So like we find mm-hmm. placeholders for the things that, but we still do the connecting piece. Like even if it's just a piece of bread, we all hold it together, right? There's this, I've heard a number of cute teachings about this. Like everyone touches the challah or someone who's touching the challah. Um, my favorite phrase for this is Jewish electricity. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a connection there to abundance and community. Um, and I feel like this is an important one to name because it became very popular in the reform community. And I read recently that where it actually came from was, um, was, uh, the reform community in, I want to say like the eighties and nineties when HIV and AIDS were really rampant and, it was really important to show the LGBT, to show the gay community that they were really welcome, and there was a reform community that said, "Yep, everybody is going to touch the challah together. We are all part of the community, and we know we're safe, and we want our, you know, we want everyone here to feel like to to we want to address that stigma." And and it became this pervasive thing. People forgot where it came from, um, but it feels like such an important foundation to to remember and carry forward. Wow, that's very powerful. Um, that Shabbat brought that in, that that mm-hmm. understanding and connection in a um, in a group that was stigmatized, and that's really powerful. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I want to go ahead about the um, since we're approaching High Holy Days and a new year, and just come back to that idea of that you know this is the time to be yourself, to remember who you are. Shabbat is. And so is the new year when we're doing tshuva, is returning, returning to ourselves, returning to the divine, returning to community, returning to our tradition. And so Shabbat is, you know, it's an opportunity to practice that. And we, when we practice it one day every week, it's so much easier to access when we get to Rosh Hashanah and the new year and setting intentions for, like, how do I want to be myself? Oh, right, I've been tuning into that every week and practicing every week. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and what's also so magical about this lead up time to the new year is that we're, we have Shabbat and we even have these like extra dedications within the Shabbats. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so, so that like after the, the um, destructive, sad portion of our calendar passes, we have that Shabbat where we can like rest and resilience and Shabbat like can, you know, similar to um, your example of, of holding the hands leading up to the challah, it can just sort of, it can just sort of um, be a salve. Yes. Yeah. And there's not only, so we're, we're coming up on Tisha B'Av and the Shabbat before Tisha B'Av is Shabbat mm. Hazon, the Shabbat mm. of vision, because Tisha B'Av mm. is the transition point where we get to the lowest low and we're allowed finally to grieve like we're encouraged to release and there's so much happening in the world right now and I'm encountering lots of people who are holding in their grief so I'm like yes the energy is like permission to grieve fully and and the moment before that grief and and this year Tisha B'Av falls on a Saturday night so we don't get the like you know the Havdalah sweetness we go right from the Shabbat mm. vision Shabbat Chazon into that moment of grief and then as you said we come out of that a week later with Shabbat Nachamu comfort and yeah, I think that's it's. In fact, Av for me is about radical compassion. 
So each Saturday when we find that ease, each Friday, Saturday, each Shabbat, when we, when we're allowing ourselves those experiences of ease and spaciousness, it's like, okay, I'm allowed to feel those yuckies. I'm allowed to feel comforted. I'm allowed to be kind and compassionate with myself and others, um, even when it feels hard. And we, we keep going and then we hit Elul and it's all about like the accessibility of the divine. God is in the fields. I'm my beloved. My beloved is mine. Um, and it's like, oh, God is right here. I am myself. I am, and I'm closer. The relationship is easier as we lead up. It's like every week, maybe, you know, the truth is I think Shabbat is an invitation to, to, um, hone these tools for every day. Mm. Um, and that's a, a workshop I teach too. It's like the gifts of slowing down what, what the rituals of Shabbat can teach us about more spaciousness every day of the week. So we're, we're always working our way, working. We're always releasing, um, more and more into ourselves and, and those moments of connection. So this time leading up to the new year, it's, you know, it's an, you said an opportunity to practice. And for those of us for whom practice might feel like work, it's like a release rather than um, a command, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's, it's more of, it's just, it's spilling out from us. It's not like, right, like we have to try. Mm-hmm. It's, we, we just have to meet it. And, and thank you for laying out all of those Shabbats, the series of Shabbats coming up from Tisha B'Av <laughs> through Elul, because right there, there, it just feels there are tools that we can, that can help us through that process where ultimately there's Shabbat Shuvah, the, the shifting Shabbat, right. the lifting up and out Shabbat. Um, and that's between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur as like the Shabbat of return. Okay, here we are. We've started again, and we're we're returning to ourselves. We're returning, we're returning to our community. We're returning to our divine, our relationships. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I I don't want to take any much more of your time. Um, I I do want to mention I've also found um that the that leading the the day leading up to Shabbat Friday is also a lovely opportunity to because it's in this culture, like the end of the work week for many, most people, um, it is also like an open invitation to just maybe at lunchtime or, you know, you're already starting to wind down, hopefully. Um, and that really does like just go right into the spirit of, of Shabbat. I've, I've found that I've enjoyed even like I don't know, like eating less or partially fasting sometimes because I'm like lift. I just feel lifted up in like in into Shabbat. It's um like not a um and it's not like a regular practice of mine, but I've just felt like the lift in my heart from that practice. So like anything that does that, whether it's a yoga practice or um and the other thing I wanted to share, which I thought was fun, was I um. I've given like full permission to eat challah for dinner because <laughs> um, I love how you've said like placeholders. I'm going to real, that placeholders really stuck with me of like all of, you know, the, the physical pieces of the ritual, like you can connect to any of the elemental pieces of those for the, for challah. I am, I'm like, it's the, you know, it's the best part of the meal. <laughs> and so like we, like we just made sandwiches 
in the park last week. Um, mm. And it makes the mealtime easier anyway. And halalicious. <laughs> so, right. all, you know, with kids, there's often that like, oh, but you're only going to eat challah. So you're like, yeah, let's bring some dips. <laughs> let's do and, it. And have as much challah as you want. Okay. I love it. <laughs> Anything else in closing that you wanted to share? Um, for a second. Um, one thing that I want to add is Havdala really, I know a lot of folks don't know much about or anything about Havdala. And recently I just sort of noticed the ritual is like an undoing of Shabbat. And um, even if you don't do the ritual, it's nice to mark that transition too, that when Shabbat is over, we don't suddenly flip a light switch. Um, literally or figuratively, we don't jump back into our emails and our week. We can sort of take time to carry some of the sweetness with intention from that ease and spaciousness of Shabbat and, and that intention of like, what do I want to take from this experience with me across the threshold mm-hmm. as I begin a new week? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's very often unsung, so it feels important to just name that opportunity as well. Mm-hmm so important i i really feel like we certainly could have like an like 10 episodes about shabbat <laughs> it's so complex and we didn't even get to like sex on shabbat but that again another conversation <laughs> yes <laughs> well and, and delight right that actually you know i do want to say delight like pick foods that are yummy activities that are joyful and pleasurable pleasure is so important so there we've covered that base too yeah. <laughs> well, thank Great. you so, so much. And um, as always, I mean, it was lovely to talk to you and just talking about Shabbat. Like, I feel like the blood pressure just goes down a little bit anyway, just talking about it. So. Indeed. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, thanks for inviting me. It's, uh, it's really nice to be on your podcast. Yeah. Thank you. And now for some sweet notes. Sweet note one, Shabbat is an invitation. Shabbat is spaciousness. With spaciousness comes ease and flexibility. Journeying through a Shabbat day involves gauging if we are at ease. And if whatever activity we engaged in doesn't bring us into that ease, we shift gears there's a do-over. Shabbat holds us so that we have the day to be okay with navigating to find that ease, to be with that ease. Sweet note two, if ritual objects like candles and challah and wine are not readily available, use placeholders. So for sweetness, no wine, maybe eat a grape. Lights, candles, can't find them? As Annie suggests, let's share a bright moment from the week. No Shabbat table? Eat dinner at the park. No challah? Eat something bready and share it. Sweet note three, connection. Connection to friends and family across the globe, as well as connection to our past and to our lineage. All the chalas 
form one collective challah. All the candles form one collective candle. I was particularly moved by the story Annie shared of the challah train, where all were invited to link together to bless the challah, including groups that were stigmatized in the 1980s when HIV and AIDS ravaged communities. We are all invited to bless the challah. Radical inclusivity. Sweet note four. Shabbat is a holiday that comes every week. Every week. And so what is powerful as we are marking the month of Elul and getting ready to do a deep dive into ourselves, just being ourselves, as Shabbat calls us to do, is a stepping stone into the teshuva process. May we all be ourselves. May we all find what makes us, us. May we know ourselves through community and family and friendship. May we delight in simple things. May we take the steps to meet Shabbat. And may Shabbat come to meet us. I'd like to thank Kohenet Annie Matan for her generous conversation. I would also like to thank Ethan Bayless, sound engineer, composer, and co-producer. I'd like to thank my parents for bringing Shabbat into my childhood home. And finally, I'd like to thank my touchstone group of women, our group Hineni. We've been meeting for three and a half years, once a month on Saturday night. We do have dala together. Delight in some tasty bites and wine, share our stories, share ourselves. This group has been Shabbat to me. Until next time, I'm Jody Bayless, and this is Purple Honey. Hands into my soul.
Bye, Sun.